Hello, welcome to the Agenting Master Center, which is recorded. Which, which? Oh no, which is recorded every Monday uh, live on Twitch with the Twitch chat. A bunch of people who play in events jump in the Twitch chat on a Monday to talk about their events, how it went, uh, and then I go through all the event results. This is backed up, of course, by the stats that you can find on the Honest Wargamer. Com. So go on thewargamer.com you can see there the TSN Age of Sigma Stat Center. That's organized by Rob and Ziggy, uh, who put all that information in. That gives you not only meta representation for all of the different armies, it gives you win rates and it gives you a bunch of other stats, which you can go check out. And it's all free, yeah? So go and check it out. Uh, we're going to be covering three events today. Uh, Old Town Throwdown, Warhammer uh, Age of Sigma event, Warhammer World event, and also the Cherokee Open if you want to go check that out um, like and find them all. They're, all the uh, lists are available on BCP. And if you're watching this back or listen to it as a podcast, all the notes are in the comments below, which is very close to where you can like, like and subscribe and the share button with your friends. So just do any of that stuff. Uh, as always, I'm supported by everyone who supports me on Patreon. So thank you to all of you. You're literally the fucking best. Love you to bits. Before I get into the actual singles events, though, we normally don't talk about team events, but there were two large team events this weekend, and it's always cool to shout them out and talk about them. So the two team events we had this weekend, we had one over in Nashville. Uh, so here are the prizes. You've got some Nashville teams. You've got some, uh, I think these are water coolers. This is over in the US. And here you can see six teams playing in Nashville over there. So looks like a fun time, and I hope they had a great time there because you have Nashville teams and you have NashCon, which is one of the larger Age Sigma events. Jumping over to Germany, uh, you had the Mini Paradise team event. They had 22 teams with 110 players. Uh, and here you can see um, someone doing really well uh, at the event. So love that. Uh, congratulations to uh, the team. Uh, for winning the event so and and loads of real good stuff this was hosted by mini paradise they've got a really good website the german team championships have got a really fun website you can go and check everything out on uh so uh yeah go and check it all out uh in mini paradise uh but dice is in dice as versus an s which is quite cool nice trophy as well uh love you love to see it you love to see it okay we're gonna jump into uh all of the stats now uh, sorry, all of the lists from the weekend. I'm hoping we don't see anyone like spam silly units like castigators or anything like that. That would be a nonsense time. Uh, <laughs> and uh, and I hope everyone enjoys the rest of the show. Let's dive right in. Okay, so the first event we're going to look at today is in merry old England. A couple of little miles down the road from where I'm sitting there. That's where it is. It's Warhammer World. That's where they were at. 74 players playing at Warhammer World. A bunch of people working in these buildings who should all join a union. That's where they played. Anyway, 74-person player event run by Steve Wren. Should be in a union. Um, uh, and lovely fella. And we had three 5-0s. Three! And they're all very exciting lists. The first one we're going to look at is a Fire Slayer list, which is just absolutely excellent. Uh, we already talked about it last week because it went 5-0 last week. Uh, it also went 4-1 last week, or a variant of it went 4-1 or 5-0. And then again, it's gone 5-0 this week. So it played by Mike Stewart. Congratulations to Mike, uh, one of our 5-0s. Uh, our three 5-0s, in fact, are Mike Stewart with Fire Slayers, Simon Rook with uh, Gits, and then Marco Diana with Gloomspite Gits. So those are the lists we're going to be talking about. Uh, so, yeah, 
really, really fun list and loads of tech in here we're going to talk about a little bit more in detail. But I want you to know I've already lined up an interview to discuss this in more uh, and I plan to make an army archetype video about it as well. So because it's just got lots of really fun elements to it. So um, he's got he's in the Lodge Greyfeard, uh, but we're going to skip that for a minute. We're going to focus on the main element. You've got a Rune Father with Tunnel Master, and he's got two Flame Keepers. That's what we're going to be talking about the most. Then he's got a Battlesmith in there. Important to know the Battlesmith has got the upgrade fueled by Gurish Rage, which means he's going to come back to life on a 3 plus if slain. He's got an Auric Rune Master with Curse, so if you get within 9 inches, he's going to be doing Mortals on 6s to hit, which is going to be very important when we talk about unit in a minute. Then he's got an Auric Rune Smiter. He's got 15 Hearthguard Berserkers, which are a legitimate combat threat. They do amazing damage. And then you've got 30 Volkite Berserkers. Two units of 10 Volkite Berserkers and a Runic Firewall. Let's talk about the main element of this list. Let's talk about the power. And that's the two Auric, Ra uh, the two Auric Flame Keepers. So the, they're 90 points, so very cheap. They're 5 wounds and a 4 up save. And of course, they're Galician Champions. That means you obviously can't target them with missile weapons. Now, the important part for this is their Master Flame Rune, which is, when this unit is set up, you place a D6 beside it with a 1 facing up. Each time a friendly Fire Slayer unit is slain, sorry, Fire Slayer model is slain within 12 inches of this unit, increase the value of this dice by 6. Once per turn at the start of the combat phase, if it's a 6, uh, you can say that unit will draw upon the power of the runes, uh, and if you do so, pick one friendly Auric Hearthguard, uh, or Hearthguard Berserkers or Volkite Berserkers unit. And then you can do one of these four things. You can give the unit a 6 plus ward save, which you're probably not going to do. You can make it so that they fight on death, which is very, very good. And then you've got Grimnar's Resolve, um, which is uh, you get to charge in your opponent's charge phase. So if that unit is within 12 inches of an enemy unit that's not within 3 inches, i.e. not in combat, of an enemy unit and that, sorry, and that unit has not run or retreated in the same turn, that unit can immediately attempt to charge. So that's pretty nuts. So you can counter charge like Iron Jaws. And then you've got Grimnar's Vengeance, which is add one to the damage characteristic. Now, there's no FAQ saying you can't stack this. So what you could do is you could have two, and that's very much what Mike has done here. You can have two Auric Flame Keepers. Then if a model dies, it's going to pip up both of their little counters. Pip, pip, pip. So one model is going to count for two pips on both models, which is great. Then, uh, so if you're buffing, so basically if you're getting the the counter up on one, you're going to get the counter up on the other at the same time. So it's it's you're getting a massive economy of scale there, all right. And then what happens is is he's going to be able to use either of those uh, two flame keepers when they're full up to buff his unit of 30 Volkite Berserkers. So we kind of talked about this on the stream a little bit. One of the uh, the Volkite Berserkers can get up to 5 attacks each. Uh, so from that unit, you could have 150 attacks. Um, uh, and then because you could add plus 1 damage to their weapons, uh, then you are going to be able to have them be damaged 3. You could strike a rune, I think, so you can increase their rend, which is pretty crazy. Um, uh, and then uh, you've got uh, you could get all-out attack, like for like plus one to hit, so it's like hitting on twos, uh, which is really good. Um, then you also have a command ability, which is to strike first if your opponent charges you. So what you could have it is your opponent charge you. You can have a ton of attacks, not quite five per model, uh, but they could all be damaged three. Or you could use the flame keeper to charge in their turn and maybe be damaged two. You could be striking a rune to increase your rend. What I'm saying is that that you get to use the slain models 
to be able to affect those Volkite Berserkers and make them really powerful. Or the Hearthguard Berserkers, one of the two. And just create this kind of unkillable death ball. The problem, obviously, is that it really relies on models being slain. And that's why it's so important that the Battlesmith here has got that aspect of the champion fueled by Gurish Rage to come back to life. Because on his War Scroll, he's got a 4-up Rally, which is very important as well. So that means he's going to be able to rally those models on a 4+. Lastly, the Volkite Berserkers specifically on their War Scroll have a fight on death once per battle. So what you could do is you could be eyeing down, let's say, 6 Varangard or 15 Chosen or something, right? They could charge you. And like you could be like, right, I'm going to activate fight on death. Right, I'm going to fight first in combat. You're like, okay, great, because uh, I've got all his strikes first. Then you're going to hit me. You're going to kill a bunch of models. Right? Then I'm going to fight on death with those slain models. And then in the next turn, I'm going to rally those models on a 4+. Having just buffed up the flame keepers with all those slain wounds to tick up their little counter so that they can use them again. Right? Really good. Right? Very, very fun. Um... I like how every example is versus Slaves Darkness, the ultimate target dummies. What's good about Slaves Darkness is they're just a like a pretty like I mean there's buffs and stuff, but pretty much they do what they do. They don't really tend to change the rules very much, so it's quite a nice kind of like static line. Anyway, uh, incredible list. Uh, I think we're going to see it more, and really ties into something I've been talking about a lot. Where sure, if your army really really needs to be a one drop. Um, then you're going to take the Battle Regiment. But I think if you're not a singular one-drop, um, I think even being a two-drop is a mistake. Uh, and then because of this, um, what Mike took, he was able to get the Galician Command Battalion, the Galician Veteran Battalion, and the Warlord Battalion. So the Galician Veterans are obviously going to be um, his Volkite Berserkers, uh, the unit of 30, because they've only got one-inch range. Uh, then he's got a Galician Command with the Hearthguard Berserkers, and that's really good because then he opens up access to a battle tactic, but also he gains access to a semi-kind of other um, Strike First and also a fight in the hero phase ability with his Hearthguard Berserkers, which is you don't really want to fight in the hero phase anyway. So you can have fight in the hero phase and then fight in death and then rally on a 4+. Don't forget there is an FAQ, so you can only fight twice in any one turn, one player turn. So that's important to note. But you've got a lot of options, which is crazy. Um, so yeah, really, really fun list. And I'm going to try and... Um, uh, shattered 40 teams. Uh, yes. Uh, so yeah, uh, worth researching, worth looking at, and super fun. Uh, so that's that. Then we've got a Gits list. Oh, no. Let's talk about the Nurgle list really quickly. Played Marco. He's playing Bless Sons. He's got Bellacore. Great debuff piece um, from shutting down the enemy. Supports your army by debuffing their army um, uh, and makes it so a unit can't like do something uh, potentially over the course of two turns. Lord of Plagues, Blob, Lord of Afflictions, all got Demon Spew. All very tanky characters. Lord of Afflictions got kind of the, uh, the, like, the default loadout. Uh, in Command Trait, Overpowering Stench, and the Artifact, the Split Horn Helm. Um, so you can't use Command Abilities within 9 inches, and then the Split Horn Helm is, I think, 4-up ward save, uh, potentially. Um, uh, and then he's got two units of 5, uh, five Putrid Blight Kings as battle line, and then he's got the Rotmire Creed. Rotmire Creed, pretty much necessary in this list, uh, and then it's all in a battle red. So Rotmire Creed is going to put disease points out, his character is going to survive a lot of combat, and also put disease points out. Um, he's going to summon a couple of other little bits as well. But really, it's a very, very tanky front line in the Blight Kings uh, with a bunch of output, a bunch of output coming from um, Blob uh, and Orgots. And then it's just going to be all the mortal wounds popping through. So congratulations to him. Uh, and then finally, Gits, 
with another 5-0. Another 5-0. Uh, last week, obviously, we saw a couple of 5-0s straight away. Looks like we've seen a, a, another 5-0 this weekend. So, Gloomspike gets uh, Jaws of Mork, and this was being played by uh, Simon Rook. So, shout out to Simon. Congratulations to you. Uh, he was running a Fungoid Cave Shaman, Grinkrack the Great, uh, and Scragrot the Loon King. Uh, and then he had two Squig Boshes with Squig Boshes? Boshes? Bond. Hello, Bond. Squig Boshes. Hello, this is Bond. <laughs> My name's Bond. Squig Bosses uh, with Nasher Squigs. He's got two of those. They're only 80 points each. And then he got two units of maxed out double reinforced Squig Herd. So 360 points each. 360 points each. Uh, so they're 72 wounds, but only with a 6-up save and a very low bravery. They can't be issued command abilities. That's important. Um, but what they can do is be given the Triumph Indomitable. So that's going to make it so that you can ignore uh, a Battleshock test, uh, which is not the same as a command ability. Somehow, please uh, get rid of uh, Triumphs out of the game. Um, Squig Herd, what do they do? A lot of attacks... A lot of attacks, they can get it so they've got mortals on sixes to hit. The squig boss himself uh, can release the squigs and you can get once per battle, you can make them make a 12-inch, uh, no, sorry, make a normal move with that unit as well. They've got a bunch of combat attacks uh, and then if they run away in combat, then they do mortal wounds on a 2+. plus. Lastly, uh, each one of the, um, the clangers, the squig pokers, the herders, can return D3. Uh, every turn uh, on a 2+. plus On a 1, that means that that's slain. So average, you, you're going to return 10 to a unit each turn, which is pretty crazy. Me and the chat have talked about it. It's the same points cost as Pink Horrors, only you have the ability to bring more squigs back, thanks to the herders. You're able to bring the whole unit back out of a Loon Shrine, which is also possible as well. They move faster than Pink Horrors. They do more damage. Okay, this is the best way to describe it. Imagine squig, herder, squig herds are Pink Horrors, that have the damage output of, um, like, Zangor, Fire Slayers, uh, something like that. Like, really hitty. Very, very hitty. Um, they have the output of that. They like Skinks. They can do Mortals on Sixes to hit. Um, and you re can return models like Zombies, um, uh, but better. And then also return whole slain models. Uh, whole units. Um, so that's the Squig Herds. Uh, and they do take up you know, nearly a third of the army, 600 points, or 700 points, so a third of the army, uh, over a third. Uh, and then you've got the Gobblepalooza in there as well. Uh, don't forget the Gobblepalooza uh, can issue, uh, can they issue a five award? No, they can't issue a five award. They can do something else, some other nonsense. And the Sneaky Snufflers can put a five award on the Squig Herd. So, yeah, sorry, sorry, Pink Heart Horrors with also a five award, uh, five award save. So they're like plate bearers as well, is the other way. Um, and this is in a double battle reg. Uh, but excellent. Really good. Love it. Love to see it. Squeaker's just running forward, eating stuff, beating people up, eating their faces off, rallying back. Well, not rallying, because that's a very specific word. Healing, rezzing, rezzing them back, um, and then just beating people up. Great stuff. Really fun. Um, and super happy for them. So that's all the 5-0s so far. Time to look at the 4-1s. Hello. Okay. 4-1s. Lot of big names. Lot of big names. Lot of big armies. You've got Phil Marshall with Slaves to Darkness, Toby with Luminath Realm Lord, Speckles with Flesh Eater Courts, Ewan on the OBR hype specifically said to me, I saw Owen's list and I wanted to do the same thing. Inspired by Owen. James Lake 
uh, with Soulblight Gravelords. Lovely guy is James. Phil, Wal Phil Walter with... I can't remember. Uh, Andy Bryan with Stormcast Eternals. Adam Mumford with New Beasts of Chaos. Dan L with... I can't remember either. And then Joel Smith. But we are going to go through the list now. Um, uh, and Joel Smith. All in the 4-1 bracket. All in the 4-1 bracket. So let's jump into them. Uh, Phil's list was Slaves to Darkness, Cabalists, Chaos Sorcerer Lord, Chaos Sorcerer Lord, Nine Corpus Cabal, Ten Chaos Knights, The Unmade, which is a great little tech piece. I think especially, especially nowadays, with double with triple four at rallies and a bunch of other stuff, Unmade make it so you can't do rallies within X inches. Can't remember what. Um, he's just a superstar. Uh, really nice little pick from him. Ten Chaos Knights, Soul Screen Bridge, uh, Six Varangard, and Ten Chaos Chosen. So, um, and the Ken, Ten Chaos Chosen are in Corn, not Nurgle, uh, and same for the Varangard. So you've got two units, two hammer units, so big damage dealers, that have pile in and attack twice once per battle, all with a mark of Corn for extra attacks. The big trick here, I think, is being Cabalist. So he gets to cast spells on 3d6, and because he's got the Command Trait Master of Magic, the generic one, he's going to get to re-roll it. Also, he was doing a bunch of um, uh, the Eye of the Gods rolls, and what he was ending up with was uh like uh, i think he had like a level four caster at one point which is just nonsense stuff uh for a 120 point character uh which is really really fun and again he's got the uh don't die on a three plus which i think is fun um uh yes and then he's got a chaos Sorcerer lord he's got nine corvus cabal there's 10 chaos knights for like blocking in so those are like what we would call an alpha pin again if you're not sure what these words are please go to please do go check out my video uh on um I'll put a link below on uh, army archetypes, keywords, and tempo. Soul Screen Bridge, obviously, with such a good caster, cast a Soul Screen Bridge, throw the Chosen over it, charge in, have a great time. Uh, so, yeah, lots of uh, lots of powerful stuff in there. Um, then uh, Toby was running uh, Luminous Sentinel Castle, uh, so you don't need me to explain that. Don't before. Uh, then uh, Fleshy Courts being played by, pff, I can't remember his name, uh, but was running Blisterkin. He had an Abhorrent Art Regent, an Abhorrent Ghoul King, uh, an Abhorrent Ghoul King on Terrorgeist, and an Abhorrent Ghoul King on Zombie Dragon. So th uh, two large monsters, uh, and then the Abhorrent Art Regent for the pluses. Nine Crypt Flayers, so you're going to get a ton of extra attacks. I think we talked about this on last week's show. Um, and then two times ten Crypt Ghouls. And then, uh, yeah, just really good. We talked about this last week, the amount of attacks that you can stack with the Crypt Flayers from the shooting and all of the other stuff is really, really impressive. You've got all the extra summoning in, and then you've got, and I kind of talked about this as well, when you've got damage dealing units, uh, having three major threats is really good because it kind of skews the numbers quite significantly. Um, uh, yeah, Ghoul King Royal Terror Geist, Abhorrent Ghoul King on Zombie Dragon, and then the Crypt Flayers. So 1,500 points. Uh, it's the summoning that wins the games and the flayers that tank. Uh, it, it, so, yeah, so uh, I wish I knew who played it, but congratulations to them. They're probably gorgeous. Uh, <laughs> uh, the OBR, the OBR army uh, that went 4-1. So second 4-1 uh, for the OBR went 4-1 last week. Um, yeah, it's Stuart Freckles. That's who it was. Uh, now, <laughs> I can't read the list because he's written it badly. And what's, th what's worse about this more than anything, if you've ever tuned into my content, I absolutely hate people that can't format lists. And what's worse is this is the president of my gaming club that can't do this. Anyway, he's running Bone Reapers in Petrofex Elite, right? He's got, uh, I think he's got Soul Mason. Uh, and then he's got, I can't see. But the important part is he's got two Mortec Crawlers. So last week we saw Owen do really well with three Mortec Crawlers and six 
stalkers. This time, Ewan's gone down to two uh, crawlers, so two of the large catapults, the artillery pieces, and it's got two units of six stalkers instead um, for a little bit more combat punch, which I think is absolutely... This was definitely intentional that he made it, so I can't read it. I hate him so much. Um, <laughs> uh, so that's quite fun. So like a little bit of iteration, and we love a little bit of iteration on this show. We love a little bit of development. So that's really fun. Interested to see if Owen goes down that route as well, or if he if he sticks with the triple caller list for the memes. Um, quite interesting to see. Fun for OBR people to see that they've still got some play, even with a new book in the summer. Um, so two major combat threats, two long-range huge damage dealers in the right setup. Uh, really good list. Um, uh, then we had, uh, this was James who was playing his Soul Black Grave Lords. He had a Necromancer, Radicar, Vampire Lord. He had 120 zombies, uh, three times 40. Then he had a unit of Graveguard and the Corpse Car, and then he had just a zombie dragon as a monster running around. Uh, I've played James, super lovely fella, uh, before. His Necromancer has got um, Leadership of the Alpha, so it can issue a commandability three times. Um, Radical the Beast obviously is going to come with some free direwolves as well. Vampire Lord for plus one attack. Necromancer for pile in and attack twice. Um, uh, so yeah, some really interesting stuff. Mainly, it's a big brick of zombies that are going to be really good on the primary. Uh, Grave Guard uh, are going to do a bunch of combat, a bunch of damage when they get into combat. Now, there's definitely, definitely uh, a, there's definitely a zombie list in the future. Absolutely, a zombie list in the future, and I'm talking a lot of zombies because no longer are you having to deal with. Um, no longer you're having to deal with uh, like bounty hunters, so they're even more survivable. They're they're twice as survivable, but also there's a lot of combat in the game, and there's a lot of units dying, and they don't mind dying because you're going to be able to like rally them or res them, right? And then that means that you can start stacking up zombies because when a zombie kills a model, then you can on a two plus add a model to this unit. So if you talk about some maxed out zombie units growing those units up and then something like Gorslav bringing them back I mean James has still obviously done really excellent here so congratulations to him with a more mixed list another Flesh Eater Quartz list did really well Big Drog uh, Fort Kicker in the list uh, 30 Crypt Ghouls 10 Crypt Ghouls 10 Crypt Ghouls um, and then an Abhorrent Ghoul King Royal Terrorgeist doing a bunch of damage again so big combat threat Big Drog Fort Kicker big combat threat and also good for holding objectives the Abhorrent Art Regent being able to make those Crypt Ghouls so they do so many attacks. We talked about this on a previous show before. I think you get up to like nine attacks on a on those Crypt Ghouls. Just a phenomenal amount. Obviously, you can use Command Abilities to pile in an attack twice, uh, which I should have mentioned before on the other list. So yeah, just a lot of attacks. Really good. Stormcast Eternals. We saw a Knight Draconis, Master of Magic, Arcane Tome. Classic. Um, uh, Knight Zephyrus. Knight Zephyrus become uh, really popular uh, as a Galician champion in a lot of Stormcast lists, or just a lot of order lists, allying them in, uh, just because it's very fast, um, which most Galician champions aren't, because normally they're mounted. Um, then you've got Knight Herauder, which is really good, especially if you're playing an event with massive pieces of terrain, which is what Warhammer World is. You've got Stormdrake Guard, a unit of four, and then two units of two Stormdrake Guard as well, and some Aether Wings uh, for just guarding objectives. So don't need to talk much about Stormdrake Guard. They're 18 wounds in a unit of two on a three-up armor save. They do mortal wound shooting at 12 inches. They move 12 inches. Uh, they've got like seven attacks. Um, seven? Yeah, seven. Well, a unit of two's not got seven. Like Each model's got seven. The champ's got eight. They're all doing damage two uh, on the charge. Um, if you've got the lances, but it looks like he had the Warblade, which is not what I would take. Um, but yeah, went 4-1. Uh, 
congratulations to him. Uh, then we got Adam, uh, and this is really interesting too. He took Beast of Chaos with Quake Frey. So Quake Frey makes the Saigors battle line, also makes them priests. Then he had 30 Bestigore. 30 Bestigore people were saying were not very good, too expensive. Uh, I actually had Adam on the show yesterday. I've recorded a video. It's currently on my Patreon. If you can't be asked to sign up to my Patreon, then it will be free and available next week. Uh, but right now it's available where he talks about all of his uh, gaming at Warhammer World and using this army. Uh, so those Bestigore are just very, very good. Um, uh, 60 wounds in a unit of 30 with a 4-up armor save. Uh, they've got Rally on a 5-plus on their War Scroll. They get plus 1 to charge, which um, when you additionally uh, have plus 1 to charge when you come in from Deep Strike and you have an artifact so you can drop a unit outside 7 inches, it means you've got 30 Bestigore on a 5-up re-rollable charge which is pretty nice. <laughs> it's pretty nice. Uh, then he's got a Great Brave Shaman, a Great Brave Shaman, Beast Lord. Brave Shaman is obviously able to use at 18 inches those unique heroic actions for Beast of Chaos, which are so powerful. Uh, then 20 Ungol Raider, and then 10, 10, 10 Ungol Raider for 50 Ungol Raider, meaning that they're going to do 100 shots from the edge of the board and then come onto the board and then do 100 more shots each shooter phase. And again, Gleeson Sharpshooters, Gleeson Factions, Warlord. Loads of really interesting stuff. Definitely going to do an Army Masterclass on, the, on Beast of Chaos at some point. Really excellent army. Super powerful. Conversation at the moment is all about squigs and gits. No one's talking about how strong this army is. It's powerful as hell. Really, really good. Uh, Saves of Darkness also did really well with Archeon, Chaos Lord, and Karkadrak. Three units of three Varangard, all in the Mark of Corn. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago at Bloodshed. We saw a couple of people take, sorry, I think three people took uh, various versions of this list. Uh, going 4 1. It's in Knights of the Empty Throne. You get Run and Charge, um, uh, other than an Archeon, but there is another way for Archeon to get Run and Charge. Um, but yeah, super fast. Uh, pile in, attack twice. Tons of damage. Just. Uh, really tanky. Three up armor save and a load of wounds. Uh, and then finally, uh, a Nighthaunt list in Scarlet Doom, Guiding Souls, Cruel Gas Cruciator, uh, Kurdos, Spirit Torment, Spirit Torment. So it's going to be returning three models at the end of each combat phase to different units. Um, ten Blade Guys, Ten Blade Ghost, six Grimgast Reapers, and nine Spirit Hosts. Absolutely love that. And then, so it's very much like Nate Trent Nelly over in the USA. That's what he plays. He plays nine Spirit Hosts, and he puts them protecting all of his characters. Um, and then he just like slaps people with all the other units, which is really good. Um, why is the Karkadrak in the last list? Uh, it's just a good character. Um, like, truthfully. Uh, it's got a wizard, which is nice to put in there as well. Um, I think the Karkadrak's okay. 220 points. Uh, just a fun unit. Uh, like, okay, and those are all the four ones. So, first thing to say about the four ones, huge amount of variety, which is really great. Uh, it was player place terrain. We'll talk about that at the end. Um, but other than that, hope everyone had a good time. Congratulations to everyone who did well. Uh, loads of love. So the next event is over in the United States of America. And it was the Cherokee Open uh, in uh, Cherokee, North Carolina. North Carolina. Uh, the event organizer was Andrew Simmons. Shout out to him. Uh, and there were 79 players. Oh, no, I've messed this up. Yeah, 79 players. Absolutely nailed that. It was located here. Uh, at, uh, not at the Cherokee Baptist Church, uh, where the youth meeting starts at 6.30 in the morning. Who the hell is going to that? Also, kids don't go to church. It's an evil organization. Uh, right, so uh, there was over, it was organized over here at the Econo Lodge. I think that's where it was. Not really sure. Anyway, so we've got three five O's from this event, which is pretty exciting, and let's talk about it. Okay, uh, and they're all different, again. 
Dale Irvin of Dyson Men. Got to say, the team names in the US, really good. Matthew Swinney of Fallen Order. And then Jonathan Roberts of Threat Level Midnight. Uh, my name is Michael Scarn. Okay, so Dale Irvin. Not to blow the lead, but it was Gloom Spike Gitz, Jaws of Mork. Uh, he had a Squig Boss. He had a Scragrot the Loon King. He had a Fungoid Cave Shaman. Two units of 10 Boingrot Bounders. A unit of 36 Squig Herd. And then 12 Squig Herd. A Mangler Squig. And then he had uh, a Ragnar Cauldron Spell. A Marsh Crawler Slogoth. And Sneaky Snufflers. Now, I know the second time I've read uh, a list similar to this. So the important part is the Marsh Crawler Slogoth gives plus one to hit in an aura. Which is really good. A lot of the army really, really wants that. The Boingrot Bounders I didn't talk about previously. But unlike the Squig Herd, they can receive four up rallies three times not to each unit sorry but they can they can receive there can be a four up rally done to moon clan units up to three times each hero phase so you could definitely rally each unit of boingrot bounders uh twice if that makes sense so, sorry once each but at the same time i didn't make it that didn't make any sense but you know what i'm trying to say um but boingrot bounders are incredible we i actually did the math on this the other day someone talked to me about it boingrot bounders unit 15 kills archeon in one combat phase, every single time. Like, 100% chance that 15 point grots kill him. So, like, it's kind of like overkill to take 15. And two units of 10 make a lot more sense, especially when they're only 280 points for 10. They've got two wins each for a Parmesan, for a Rally, potentially, uh, which is really good. They go very fast. They do a lot of damage. Um, uh, yes, there is a Triumph in this list as well, which is indomitable. Um, Scragrot doing what Scragrot does. Again, probably wait a couple more weeks. We'll do a list archetype on on the Gits list, but there's so much availability. It's just a lot of healing and also a lot of speed and also a lot of damage, which is really excellent for the army as well. Uh, Snuffler's in there to give units a 5-up ward save. So just really, really good uh, and really, really brilliant. Um, then Stormcast Eternals list had Bastion Carthalos, which is pretty cool. Just dude on foot, walking around, smashing people. Lord Relictor, um, and then a Lord Castellan, Master of Magic Arcane Tome. And he's got the Tunnel Master. Seen this quite a few times recently. The Lord Castellan with Tunnel Master because he's just very survivable. Sit on an objective, be tanky, uh, be a wizard. Um, you just need it for that first turn battle tactic. And then you got a unit of four Formulators, two units of five Liberators. Sorry, three units of five Liberators. And then two units of three Vanguard Raptors with Long Strike Crossbows. And again, you've got Galician Sharpshooters, which is in here now new warlord and galician veterans so i'm actually doing a video that will go on youtube later in the week um about vanguard raptors with long strike crossbows they're just kind of the perfect uh sharpshooters or units to go in a sharpshoot battalion and the reason i say that is um because they've got the holy command so you can shoot in the hero phase 30 inches mortal wounds they're kind of perfect for sniping characters um, and they're kind of perfect. And because they did an FAQ where you used to be able to use the Holy Command to shoot in the hero phase on a unit of six, they made it so you can't do it to a reinforced unit. So that means you have two units of three uh, that, that's already really effective. You can shoot one of the units of three twice, and that's two-thirds of the sharpshooter battalion that you need. Um, so really, really good. Uh, he's also got uh, Warlord and Galician Veterans uh, in here as well, Liberators being, Liberators being Galician Veterans. Uh, in this list. So yeah, just really, really good. Um, it's just uh, just really good. And it's nice to see someone actually taking sharpshooters that are very scary. Um, and then finally, finally, we have Lumineth Robelords uh, with Teclis, a Calagrave, a Cathalar, two units of five wind chargers, uh, 20 sentinels, 
two lots of 10 Wardens, Rune of Petrification, Ravenet Session, Jaws at Numbrous Popol. So actually not that many um, uh, Sentinels this time. Instead, going for two lots of Wardens and two, uh, two units of Wind Chargers and having a couple more characters. So just being a little bit more greedy with the character choice. But technically still, this is it's pretty much a one-man army. Um, he is kind of like a, is Bellacore mixed with Kairos, mixed with the Nurgle Allegiance ability for 700 points. Just phenomenal stuff. Phenomenal stuff. Uh, lots of damage at range. Really good. Excellent army. Uh, well done to all three 5-0s. So just again, uh, to be clear about who they are, Dale Irvin, Matthew Swinney, and Jonathan Roberts. Great job. Going 5-0. Hope you had a great time. Hope the event was really fun. Let's go look at the four ones. Right, okay. So looking at the 4-1 bracket. And, uh... Okay, let me talk about it. So Michael... Schlegelmilch from King Cheese Wargaming seemed like a great group uh, went 4-1 Calvin Rary from the Georgia Warband Zachary Shin from Threat Level Midnight Kevin Lathers from Georgia Warband Tobias Kemp from Weapons of Mass Intoxication Joseph Gillespie from Fallen Order uh, Fabian Barbus from King Cheese Wargaming Tommy Miklos from the Georgia Warband and Osvaldo Liavano from King Cheese Wargaming and then Travis Rogers from the Georgia Warband so it looks like it was the Georgia Warband King Cheese Wargaming uh, and Threat Level Midnight all battling it out. Um, but we had a bunch of fun lists, and probably list of the week has got to go to Michael Schlegelmilch. I've definitely said that wrong. He's in the chat right now, uh, and thank you so much for joining us, uh, because he has just ruined Warhammer. Uh, he's taken the Stormcaster Tunnels list with Hammers of Sigma. He's got a Knight Relictor, two Knight Zephyruses. I've already talked about how good they are as Galician champions. Then he's got, um, his Knight Zephyrus is the General with the Master of Magic and the Arcane Tome. He's also got Flaming Weapons, and he also counts as 10 on an objective, thanks to the aspect of the champion, Stubborn as a Rhinox. He had a battle line unit of three units of Vanquishers, and then he had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, for fourteen units of castigators. Meme lists for the win. Don't forget he went four one with this list. Fourteen castigators. So he's actually uh thankfully uh been talking to us about it in the chat. He said a lot of people underestimated what his list is able to do. Castigators shoot eighteen inches. They shoot D three shots. So on average you're looking at ninety six shots that are Hitting on threes, wound on threes, and you can either make it so they hit on twos with rend one, or they hit on threes and then they are rend two, because you can change their profile uh, thanks to their etheric channeling. Also, if you happen to be fighting against Nighthorn or Demons, you get exploding sixes on the shots. So it's a lot of shots. 96 shots at rend two at 18 inches is significant. Uh, absolutely significant. Um... 42 models. He said that he picked up this army for under $50 on eBay. Uh, incredibly cheap to pick this up, uh, thanks to magazines and other stuff, which is very, very funny. Um, oh, he's also got, obviously, the Everblaze Comet. This was originally 45 Castigators, he says in the chat, but I dropped three for the Comet. Fun fact, max you can fit in the list is 51, right? Someone in the chat said, I'm buying Castigators right now. I want to try it. <laughs> I mean... It's a great meme list, and actually, again, go back and watch the video I made. Uh, the difference between a meme and a skew list, I guess this is not a meme list. I'm sorry to, uh, to tell Michael this. What he's made is a very good skew list for teams. Uh, congratulations. He's built a list that is a proven quality to do well at an event, but also uh, to skew an army. Imagine this in pairings at teams. You can't ever put demons 
or Nighthorn into it. It's pretty good, right? It's work, so it's a skew list. Congratulations. Exactly. That's the... It, it was a meme list if you did badly. It's now a skew list. Congratulations. You're a genius. You've just created a very competent skew list. Um, amazing stuff. Massive shout out to you. Uh, the other four ones, let's talk about it. Uh, a Gloomspike Gits list in Glog's Mega Bob also went 4 1. Dankhold Trog Boss, Fungoid Cave Shaman, Scragrot, another Dankhold Trog Boss. And then there was two reinforced units of Rocket Trogos, so six. Two units of three Far Waters. And then a reinforced unit of Dankhold Trog Bosses. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, which is fun. So Trog's doing well in that little category as well. Very much feels like Trog's are in that 4 1 area. And Squigs are in that 5-0 area at the moment. So it's like, if you were going to tier them, I guess, you would put Squigs in S, and then Trogs in A. Um, and then we haven't yet seen the big Moon Clan list, and we haven't seen many Spider lists at the moment. But I still think Spiders have got some real legs. Because <laughs> it's... You, you know what I'm saying. Uh, Skaven um, uh, went for one. Vermilore Deceiver, Vermilore Warbringer, Gracier, Gracier... Double Gracier is really fun. Uh, one of them with Tunnel Master... Uh, so being able to achieve that battle tactic, really good. Uh, Thankwall, uh, I assume he's going to have like one of the Soul Seekers. So in the boat, Clan Rats, Clan Rats, and then 10 Night Runners. Uh, he had uh, all in a battle range. So looking for the one drop. Warline of Vortex and Ravadax Gnashing Jaws. Uh, Skaven, uh, a cool. Uh, Verminal Warbringer, ha having fight on death. Uh, being able to put that on the Deceiver. Being able to deep strike with the Deceiver via the spell. So teleport. Uh, super powerful. Thankwall in the boat. So you've just got a lot of monsters that have good armor saves and ward saves. Uh, threatening your army really early. Um, uh, so just excellent work there. Uh, then we had Firestairs in Vostrag. Again, double Flamekeeper. Battlesmith, Runesmiter. This time a Runefather on Magmadroth. And then Volkite Berserkers with Hand Axes uh, three times. And then a big unit of 20 Volkite Berserkers. Runic Firewall and the Infernoth. Again, Warlord, Galician Veterans, and Command Entourage getting a bunch of bonus units, a uh, bunch of upgrades for the army. We have Disciples Zinch in Eternal Conflagration, Kairos, Ogroid, and a Magister. This gives them plus one rend on their shooting. Uh, Horrors of Zinch, there was a unit of 10, some Karakakalites, uh, and then some Ungor and the Cronspine Incarnate. Feels like Cronspine is super necessary to push Zinch to a 4-1 uh, at the moment. Uh, Lumineth Realm Lords, in Helon, uh, this is Techless with uh, only 20 Sentinels and then some Wind Chargers, which are just other versions of Sentinels, I guess, and some Wardens uh, with the Umbral Spell Portal, Burning Head, and Rune of Petrification. Uh, then the Sylvaneth list in Heartwood, nice to see them there. Warsong Rev, uh, so it's not an Oakenbrow list from all, all the Oakenbrow fans. We're straight back to Heartwood. Warsong Revenant, Arch Rev, and a Battle Mage. Six Colonel Hunters. Five Tree Revs, Ten Dryads, Six Spite Rider Lancers, and Three Revenant Seekers. In the Spite Swarm Hive and the Horogast. Horogast really nice pick in this list as well, uh, because you don't really have a bravery that overly matters uh, with this army. Uh, you could throw the Horogast at them, then you can strike and fade away. Um, so it's not really going to affect you, which is really cool. Super fast list as well with the Spite Rider Lancers and the Revenant Seekers. <coughs> Lastly, um, we have... An Ogre More Tribes list. Oh, no, not lastly, sorry. We have two Ogre More Tribes lists. This one has got uh, loads of Gluttons. Um, so three units of six Gluttons and some Iron Guts. A Blood Pelt Hunter, a Tyrant, and a Slaughtermaster, and some Noblars. The other the other Ogre list um, was running um, Boulderhead, and it had a Huskarl on Thunder Tusk, two Stone Horns, 
um, and then it had battle line stone horns. And I think uh, what's important to note about uh, both these lists is they're very different to each other. Um, there was no stone horns in the first list, and it just had loads of gluttons. The second one was max stone horns. So there's some real variety. Why you see a lot of crossover and a lot of cross pollination between uh, different ogre archetypes? They're very different tyrants with Kragnos. Um, bodies on the board versus big monsters on the board. Um, uh, really, really good. Really, really good. Uh, I didn't think it was possible to have... Uh, <laughs> yes, I did have a cough then. I apologize. Uh, and then uh, and then lastly, there was a Eumetrica tech list list. This one um, replacing the Sentinels and Wardens with Stone Guard and then an Alarith Spirit of the Mountain. Um, and then again, uh, Ravenax, Ashen Jaws, Umbral Spell Portal, just condensing around Teclis. Teclis pretty much doesn't, you don't see many lists now from Lumineth that doesn't uh, feature Teclis. So Ogre's doing great, lovely to see that. Lumineth still in there, looking really hot. Variety of different armies here uh, being showcased, but obviously uh, the talk of the town has to be the Cherokee Open, uh, the Castigators, even though they didn't go 5-0, uh, just really excellent. So congratulations. Our final event this week, although we're going to talk about some more stuff, uh, is Small Town Throwdown, Smoke on the Water, organized by Christopher Hernandez, I think it was his birthday, uh, and Gareth Thomas. Uh, and it was organized here at this place, Alpine Boulevard, uh, and this was uh, in California, just to, in over in the USA. Now, available nearby is a local liquor, liquor store, sorry, but also the Jazzercise Center which is really great. Love that. But there was a really great little video tour. So for podcast listeners, you're not going to get to experience this. But there's a video tour, which I'm going to play now, so I apologize, uh, touring the place. And in fact, actually, I can describe it as we go. So it's literally located on a lake with beautiful, literally like mist-laden mountains. It's very simple, like just a beautiful place um, for an event, in my personal opinion. Um, uh, and then inside, you can see uh, the actual Warhammer tournament happening. So it just looks awesome. So California, uh, organized by these people. And the, the old town throwdown, small town throwdown people uh, organize a lot of events over there. So go check out that brand. Um, there's loads worth looking at. Uh, in the 5-0 bracket, uh, just to get back to event results, and not being jealous of people who get to play Warhammer in beautiful places, uh, is Gregory Brewer from SoCal United. So Gregory was running, or at Warcans, he was running Big War. Don't forget, this is where you can coalesce all of the different elements of a Iron Jaws army into a singular army. Uh, and he had an Uruk War Shanter, well, two of those, sorry, Scragrot in as an ally. An Uruk Megaboss, two Wurgog Prophets. He had a unit of Moon Clan Stabbers, uh, a unit of five R boys, a unit of uh, five more, uh, sorry, ten R boys, and then two units of Brutes. One of them is 15 Brutes in a single list. Now, this is actually really interesting because there's a lot of overlapping abilities here, which are quite fun. Most importantly, Brutes make it so that models with one wound won't count for holding objectives. Moon Clan Stabbers can hold objectives outside nine inches. So there's a lot of trading available in being able to... Uh, like confuse who can hold objectives and who can't hold objectives which is really quite fun also first time we've seen Scragrot as an ally not surprised when he's 140 points sorry 160 points and he brings so much utility with him as a caster so just amazing stuff absolutely love it Wurgog Prophets for doing loads of rain also when you're trading in the mid board the Wurgog Prophets are obviously going to be able to use the ability to, to stare you to death which is also super powerful as well um so just really great. So that was our five.
Okay, in the 4-1 category, uh, we have a bunch of legends. Gareth Thomas from the Wargaming team, Econo Hammer. I know who's in that team. Uh, Chris Daltrey, SoCal United. Uh, Shane Lambert of Age of Ligmar. Uh, Matthew Barker from the Corsairs. And then Maxwell Henretta from the Age of Ligmar as well. So, again, a variety of different lists. Uh, the first one is Corn. Uh, Bloodthirster and Sense Rage, Bloodthirster and Fet Fury, and obviously Scarbrand. Flesh Hounds, Flesh Hounds, Flesh Hounds. A very cute unmade pick, uh, which is obviously really good. We talked about this already. Uh, units within 89, whatever it is, can't use Rally, can't use Inspiring Presence. Really, really good stuff from the unmade. Um, the, uh, and, uh, and as always, with any core list that does well, I know 4 1 is amazing. It's all about sacrificing everything so that Scarbrand does all the damage. That's what it's all about. Do the damage to Scarbrand. But the massive pick is the Saigor. Now, I've just talked about this on the stream, so apologies, chat, that I'm repeating myself. But the Saigor is probably the best ally in Chaos, maybe the best ally in the game. Used to probably be Bellacor. Um, but Saigor is now unbelievable. Every time the enemy successfully casts a spell, they take a mortal wound. You don't roll a dice, just everything that they do. Uh, sorry, the unmade... Uh, stop rally and redeploy. Don't stop inspiring presence, right? Um, so, really effective. But the Saigor has a monstrous action on its war scroll where it can eat endless spells and then heal that amount. It's got unbinds built into its war scroll as well. It's 210 points, but it's every time the enemy casts a spell. So, this is huge into Zeech. This is huge into Teclis uh, and generally a Lumineth army anyway. Right? This is really, 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 really good. I can't express it enough. Like This is meta warping and has changed the shape of the game. Whether or not we actually see Beast of Chaos be over that 2% mark, which is probably the cap of how popular they're going to be, they probably won't go beyond that. But knowing you can ally it into different armies, this brings up the efficacy of things like Sinesh. It brings up the efficacy of stuff like Corn. It just makes them so much more competable. Also kind of makes me really interested for what the Corn book will look like and how much anti-magical it'll have, because that's an incredible thing. And it's only 210 points. Uh, but obviously, maybe not the whole reason uh, they went for one with the Corn army, but it's just really fun. Uh, then you've got an Death Deepkin list with a Keelan King, Lotan, and a Battle Mage. Uh, Battle Mage really good for that plus two to charge. Uh, six Morsar Guard, 20 Reavers, and then two lots more of 10 Reavers. So that's 80 shots a turn. And then a Leviadon. Uh, and then Galician Sharpshooters and Battle Regiment. So again, Sharpshooters making it in there. Reavers also important in that list as well. Leviadon really good very tough army to alpha strike because it naturally gets plus two to its save before you even use anything like all that defense thanks to leviadon and its allegiance ability uh morsar guard really fighty uh the reavers shooting away all the screens shooting away <laughs> whole units in fact uh leviadon doing some great combat Achilles king doing some good slapping uh the battle mage for a little bit more consistency really love that um Skaven list uh, with a Warlock Engineer, Warlock, two Plague Priests, and a Bombardier. Uh, 40 Clan Rats, two Warp Lightning Cannons, a Doom Wheel, Helper, Abomination, and then a Rattling Gun and a Warp Fire Thrower. I actually don't have anything to say about this other than well done. Don't really know how the Help It survives. Doom Wheel I love, but not sure about that either. Like massive love i guess like amazing stuff get at me the bombardier has got vile of the formulator so the doom wheel can go uh twice its speed which is pretty hot so i love that um then uh we've got a magic and nurgle list with the glockkin the lord of plagues 10 blight kings in a block two lots of 10 rot my creed shooting over the top applying disease points three varangard as an ally 
and then Nurglings. Varangard, really punchy uh, in a list that maybe needs a little bit of punch. The Glockin with that cheaper points cost now, being able to pile in an attack, or sorry, counter charge, which is really good, especially with a massive unit of Blight Kings uh, for pinning your opponent in. Um, again, same stuff on the Lord of Plague, so he's got Tunnel Master for the Teleport, Overpowering Stench, um, really good. Again, making use of that Galician Veterans uh, Battalion, and then Ogamore Tribes, Frosthorn Stonehorn, Tyrant, um, and then uh, he's got, and this is all in Meat Fist, Gluttons, Gluttons, Gorges, and then two units of Iron Guts. So Meat Fist making it so you do more impact hits when you charge in. And instead of going for Kragnos variant, instead this version you got a lot of just bodies on the board. It really does seem like people are struggling to deal with Ogres in whatever format they do. The, the charges doing Mortal Wounds is adding a lot of damage that you don't really see on their War Scroll. Um, so it's really fun to see them doing very well. So uh, just a kind of quick recap and review um, of some little bits here. Uh, we had 183 players over uh, two countries. 19 factions went 4-1 or better this weekend. Um, uh, so, And it's important to look at those that haven't done so in the past week. Thanks to Rob for all this. Seraphon, where have all the Seraphon players gone? Great question. Probably Meta Chasers have jumped on to Gitzel Fire Slayers. Not my opinion necessarily, but Rob's opinion. Sinesh, such an incredibly low played faction to have more chance to be independent retailer and get what you ordered for the receiver. <laughs> you have more chance to be an independent retailer and get your delivery than you do to see them at an event. Love that. Um, Caradron, uh, new book on pre-order next week. Maybe people are holding off until then. That's fair. Um, and then Bone Splitters, uh, see you in the old world. Yes, uh, Bone Splitters not there as well. To kind of break down and recap, uh, Gits of, of the five win category, we have two Gits, one Big War, one Fire Slayers, one Corn, one Lumineth, one Nurgle, and one Stormcast. In the four one bracket, three Lumineth, three Ogres, three Skaven, two Flesh Eater Court, Slaves, Stormcast, Sylvaneth, and then in the one win bracket, uh, well, sorry, the one. Sorry, only one representation in the 4-1 bracket is Beast, Daughters, Fire Slayers, Gits, Arnett, Deepkin, Nurgle, Osiop, Bone Reaper, Soulblight, and Zeech. Okay. Um, so, uh, what are my thoughts? Well, okay. I mean, I kind of agree. The fact that we'd seen no Seraphon is pretty interesting, but I think people just played it to death and they're bored and they're waiting for a new book. Uh, Sinesh isn't a good book. Caradron waiting. Um, Gits again doing well. Don't forget they've got the six month moratorium, so they can do as well as they want for six months. Lumineth probably the most consistent that I keep reading out. Their their meta representation is very good, uh, but also their meta representation to win rate is also very high. Um, so um, a lot of that is focused around tech lists. I think I think a lot of conversation happens around the Sentinels, but actually if you spoke to a Lumineth player, they'd probably talk about Teclis's uh, abilities, which I think is quite interesting. Um, uh, and then how do I feel about the meta itself? I mean, wildly popular. Uh, people still learning the GHB. This is still only a few weeks into the GHB when it comes to like actual tournaments using the new rules. So this is people's first kind of pitch with these armies. We've seen that Fire Slayer list doing really well. The Castigator memes is obviously hilarious. Gets in there as well. But then there's a bunch of different armies, like starting to see more sharpshooters. And again, I've been making this point for like three or four weeks now, but I really think it's the moving on from Battle Regiment and people getting all those extra toys. 
and utilizing them that is really showcasing the power here. Scoring is interesting as well because one of the things that we don't talk about enough is the obfuscation of like win rate versus ability to just score points. What I mean by that is, is some armies can score points just more easily than others because their battle tactics and or grand strategies are easier. So that's something I probably would like to add some weighting to at some point in the conversation, but it's probably not going to be relevant enough uh, until we get towards the end of the six-month cycle of this GHB, and then by that point, it'll be a new GHB, so it kind of feels a little bit irrelevant. But sure, things like Fire Slayers, while also good mechanically on the tabletop, also have access to really easy Grand Strats. Um, so that's quite interesting. Not as much Nighthaunt doing well up there in the top tables, which I think is uh, interesting as well. Yeah, uh, really diverse meta. Uh, people still doing well with meme lists. Um, people having a great time, uh, events getting more popular and people having more fun. I think it's a, I think it's a really healthy time. Oh, my final point is, uh, of these events, I think two uses player place terrain, uh, or maybe all of them use player place terrain. I got to say that I think actually, uh, some feedback I've been hearing online, and I think this is super fair as well, is I'd really like the community to push towards using map based uh, terrain placements versus uh, player place terrain and similarly I'd like mystical terrain to not probably be a part of the game I think having plus one to cast anywhere on the board is a massive negative and then if you mirror it like as in you have plus one to cast uh, on one side and plus one to cast on the other side then why not just not have it at all feels really useless um, because I know for a fact some of these results um, uh, were affected by player place terrain uh, yeah arcane terrain sorry um, but player place terrain is also something that's uh, probably going to be a massive negative as well just do maps it's not very complicated i think i'm going to talk to my designer this week and we're going to design some maps and put up and put them out for free uh, and we'll put them on the honest William website so people can just use terrain maps just really useful to just have maps versus player place because if you can use player place terrain to block your opponent from being able to use their stuff you're going to do it because you're at a tournament and you're there to win games i don't think we should give players that ability to do that because they're going to utilize it, which I agree that they should utilize it. So therefore, it's on the TOs to make it so that they don't. Yeah, so I don't like that at all. Um, and I'd like to see that go away. And that's like that's just a just an opinion uh, that people can listen to or not listen to. Either way, hope you enjoyed the show. Again, as always, thank you to Ziggy and Rob uh, for all the feedback uh, and also all of the support in helping create the Age of Sigmar Stat Center. Thank you to the chat, uh, and I hope you enjoyed it. If you listen to the podcast, please do like and subscribe. If you're watching on Patreon, not Patreon, sorry. If you're watching on YouTube, then please do like, subscribe, comment, and share it with other people in the community that could really use this as a resource, because people do that. Uh, and thanks for tuning in. Loads of love from me to you.